Hi, and welcome to another edition of Jim on the Air. I'm Jim Suriani, your host, and thank you so much for joining us today on the show. Um, I'm very excited to uh, dedicate the show this week to the Reemerge Dance Festival, which is going on now at Center Stage Theater um, in Santa Barbara, California. And the Reemerge Dance Festival came about as a way to celebrate the fact that we are reopening theaters especially uh, live performing arts venues such as Center Stage um, after the uh, pandemic. It was just a couple days ago, uh, California kind of reopened up altogether. So that's good news to see and hear. Um, so the Reemerge Dance Festival was created as a way to celebrate the fact that we're uh, opening theaters and we have, it's very exciting to have live audiences and live performers all in the same venue at the same time. And it's not over uh, online or anything like that. So it's a great thing to see. Uh, happening at this time. Um, my guest today for today's show is Ryan Howard, and Ryan was born and raised in Buellton, California. He has a degree in theater production and design from the University of California at Santa Barbara. He now works and lives in Los Angeles as a designer and maker. Ryan has worked with Center Theater Group as a prop artisan and theater technician and is the Director of Production and Design for Psychopomp Dance Theater. And we're very excited to have him join us on the show today to talk about his piece that will be presented uh, during the festival. Ryan, welcome to Jim on the Air. It's great to have you with us today. Hello, thank you for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. Um, so uh, tell me, uh, Ryan, a little bit about your, your path as an artist. How did everything begin for you um, leading up to where you are today? I mean, how far back do you want to go? Do you want to go like little tiny Ryan or do you sure, want like, college with Ryan? Tiny Ryan, why not? <laughs> okay, great. Well, the legend has it that I was being super annoying to my grandmother and she needed a way to keep me uh, occupied and put me in front of the movie Singing in the Rain. And that was pretty much the nexus event for, you know, all the art and dance things that have happened in my life. Because once I saw that, I was pretty much hooked. Um, that along with um, sort of the super popular um, like river dance things that happened around that time also um, was a big influence in my younger years. And since then I started doing dance and theater and eventually someone told me that you could get a degree in that. And I was like, that sounds like a terrible idea, but I'll do it. Um, so I went and did that and eventually moved to Los Angeles as uh, you said in my bio, working, doing prop things and designer things and kind of a little bit of everything. Wow, that's awesome. And um, so now you are uh, living in LA and you're kind of living the dream doing working in the industry as, as it were. Um, and I was looking at your bio and I, I didn't get through the whole thing because I didn't, um, you know, I wanted to get to your, your interview, but um, it does say that you've worked, um, some of your work has been seen at the Elmerson and Mark Hay Perform, et cetera. Tell us about some of those. Yeah, so um, pre-pandemic, um, I'm no longer employed by Center Theater Group because they had a little bit of a downsize due to the pandemic. Um, I was working as a prop artisan uh, with them among and in other, other roles as well. I actually started as a driver. They're just delivering things to the theaters and they eventually got wind of um, my abilities to make things and sort of recruited me. And I started making pretty much anything that you couldn't easily buy or source within LA, which is kind of a short list of things because it's a very like resource rich area. Um, anything that we couldn't find was basically, uh, I was asked to make that. 
So anything from weird giant purple couches or blood cannons or just about just about anything in between. Anything. What was the what's been the strangest thing so far that you've had to create? Uh, one of my first projects there was I made a giant six pack of Budweiser beer cans um, that were about like four feet tall, and it was for a show called Soft Power, and um, a actor representation of Mike Pence danced on top of them, um, <laughs> which was very funny. So that was that was a good one, and then uh, the blood cannon um, that I worked on for a show that. Uh, Ethan Cohen wrote was for uh, it was like essentially hidden in the floor and a guy gets shot and there's like this huge spray of blood that happens on the wall behind him um, which was a uh, kind of a dream come true for me just because you know I admire his work and it was cool to like yeah. be a part of that and it was like pretty close to what happened in the movie but it was not theater in theater so it was, right. good. It was a good time nice nice um, and I'm uh, talking and chatting with uh, Ryan Howard and his piece, his film, uh, Silkies, will be shown at the Reemerge Dance Festival, which takes place uh, now, actually, today through June 20th at Center Stage Theater. And for tickets, you can log on to the box office, or, or you can call the box office, 805-963-0408, or log on to the website, centerstagetheater.org. I've only been doing this a thousand times, so I don't know why I'm confusing everything. But anyway, the website, once again, centerstagetheater.org for tickets, or you can call the box office, 805-963-0408. And if you're on the website, you might want to check out the blog. There's a blog tab on the Center Stage website, and you, you can go to that and find out more in-depth information about all the uh, dancers and the choreographers, studios that are being, uh, that are participating in this year's festival, the uh, Reemerge Dance Festival. Uh, so, uh, Ryan, um, tell us a little bit about some of your favorite art forms in general, whether it's um, as a performer or a viewer or a combination of both. Are there other art forms that, or that you've been curious about that you've wanted to try that you haven't had a chance yet? Uh, recently, I've been, since the pandemic hit, I've had some time where I was uh, fun employed, as it is. And I had some opportunities to sort of dive into a more um, analog um, way of making art, um, which was attractive to me because nowadays there's a lot of stuff that's made directly for the internet. Um, no uh, shade to this podcast, obviously. Um, but it was sort of a reaction to that of being able to take a little bit more time and really consider what I was making and um, it was interesting to me to be able to like, for example, for the film I shot uh, with Psychopomp, to like physically handle the film and the reels of the film and you know load the film into the camera. It was just it was a very different experience than shooting digitally. Um, so I've been able to sort of explore those those analog mediums recently, which has been very enjoyable and a little bit actually relaxing. Nice, very cool. Um, so tell us about the piece. It's called. Uh silkies and first of all what does that word mean and then tell us about how the piece came about um silkies is um a piece of folklore um general generally considered to be part of like um the british isles scotland um and more like um northern european legend of a woman slash creature that lures sailors to their death um and generally nowadays it's considered uh, people were mistaking like sea lions as people. 
Um, so that's sort of where that came in historically. Um, but we use that as a jumping off point for the piece of sort of a, um, some sort of creature with the feminine energy coming out of the water and sort of this like cyclical nature of the film. Um, so that's sort of, it's not necessarily an adaptation of the story. Um, that's sort of like a feeling of what we wanted the story to tell. Okay, and so that that's what the, the word means. And then um, how, how, well, how did it all come together in the first place? What was the inspiration um, or what prompted it to to be that this was the direction that you were all going to go in with the with the film? Well, originally um, there was some choreography that we used within the film that was not part of, it was part of a piece that was supposed to be performed actually on March 14th of 2020, uh, which if anyone remembers, that happens to be the day that the entire state um, pretty much shut down. Right. So that did not happen. And that was pretty disheartening because anyone familiar with theater will know how much work goes into, you know, is preloaded into a show of getting choreography ready, getting costumes, lights, tech. We had tech for an entire week, rent of the theater, et cetera, et cetera. And none of that ever happened. So flash forward a couple months, um, we have this piece of work and nothing to do with it. So we're like, well, we should adapt this to film. And as me and my collaborators were talking, um, I realized I was like, well, I have this old Super 8 camera laying around and I've never used it, always wanted to use it. So why don't I just do that now? And I was just like, it can, it, it's easy, right? It can't be that hard. So luckily, um, since I live in Burbank, there is a place that actually still sells and processes Super 8 film um, with it like about a block away from my house. Um, and that was, once I found that out, I was like, okay, well, I have to do this. It's like meant to be, you know, it's like too easy not to. Um, and of course, um, it turned out as most things do be a little more expensive than I imagined. Um, the days of cheap Super 8 from drugstores is long gone. Um, but it was actually kind of a blessing because um, since it's a little bit more expensive and there's not as much film stock to go around for the project, you really have to consider each shot you take. Um, you can't, when you're shooting digitally, you can pretty much just waffle around and do whatever. Um, I mean, of course, that this is on a lower budget when you're not like having to pay people hundreds of dollars per hour. <laughs> um, but for me, you know, um, shooting on actual film, you really have to make sure everything you get counts, um, especially with dance, because, um, you know, we had like many days of rehearsals before this film to make sure everything was going to work beforehand and plan out our entire shot list. Um, so then on the day of, we did pretty much everything in one take and did, shot everything in order of the piece. Um, so like chronological order. And so most editing was done in camera instead of um, in a program afterwards. Oh, that's pretty cool. Um, so so it sounds like the piece lent itself to being, being fairly easy to edit together, would you say? Uh, yeah, I feel like, well, there's a lot of work that went into it of trying to adapt um, a stage piece into film. Um, yeah. A lot of times when you're shooting dance, it can kind of come off as, oh, well, we filmed this in a studio or we filmed this on stage and now it's on film. But this, we wanted to take advantage of, you know, essentially being able to move the audience's eyeballs wherever we want them to, to be. Yeah. And, you know, zoom in on certain moments and or focus on different moments or have wider shots and you can have, you know, you have the freedom of being 
anywhere you want. So we're able to shoot on this, you know, beautiful lake. And that's a thing that would, unless you have a lot of money, probably not be very possible for theater unless you're at like the Bregan's Festival or something like that. Right, right. Um, uh, so tell us about the locations where you shot the film. Uh, where was it uh, shot? Um, it was shot at a winery up in the uh, Sanus Valley. Um, there's a beautiful man-made lake up there. Um, and it's stocked with all sorts of critters, which I came in very close contact with as I was shooting this because I spent um, lots of my time in the lake holding a camera out of the water. Oh, um, wow. But um, yeah, it, it's a totally beautiful location. Uh, I'm not going to say exactly where it is because I like to keep things under my hat, like, <laughs> um, my secret locations. Um, <laughs> But in the Sanus Valley, beautiful winery, um, very good wine. So, yeah. Oh, very cool. So, yeah. So up here in, in Santa Barbara County then. Yeah. Um, both me and um, Shenandoah, who runs the company, are very attracted to, I mean, obviously I grew up there. So I have a little bit of better working knowledge of the areas that are up there. And mm -hmm. I've often thought that the Santa Barbara County area um, there's kind of a little bit of everything, you know, if you want to get kind of deserty, you can find that if you want to go forest, you know, ocean, lake, it's like kind of everything is up there. Um, true, and yeah. when you're shooting in LA, there's a lot more people who are watching, <laughs> you <laughs> know, true. and it was nice to be on, we were on private property and that was a huge benefit because it makes the performers super comfortable. Um, and you won't have any like looky loos. Um, so yeah, and we got uh, permission to shoot on private property. Um, which is somewhat of a more difficult task in Los Angeles. Yeah, I, I, I can imagine. I, I used to live in LA too, so I, I get it's a whole different groove yeah. in LA than it is uh, in Santa Barbara County. Yeah. Um, so, uh, by the way, I am uh, talking with Ryan Howard, and his uh, dance film Silkies will be shown during the Reemerge Dance Festival. And that takes place now through June 20th at Center Stage Theater. And it's presented, by the way, by Center Stage Theater and the UCSB Initiative for New and Reimagined Work. And we're very grateful to bo both organizations for uh, putting this all together, putting the, the festival together. And again, um, Ryan's piece, Silkies, will be shown Thursday, June 17th at 7 p.m. and then Saturday, June 19th at 7 p.m. And for tickets, you can go to centerstagetheater.org. That's centerstagetheater.org. Or you can call the box office at 805-963-0408. That's 805-963-0408. And uh, you can get your tickets that way or through the website, centerstagetheater.org. So, uh, Ryan, tell us, what are you hoping the audience takes away from the film once they've seen it? What are you hoping they walk away from after the film is done? Personally, I don't think I have like an overarching message that I want to convey. It's more a feeling or a moment of escape and just a moment to sort of experience a different world. Um, more so, like a little bit more immersive than something that would happen on stage, um, in my opinion. And a feeling of, you know, thinking about what's going on in, in regards to the environment and sort of like how um, the cyclical nature of things and our effect on uh, our surroundings and really like how important it is to really preserve the gifts that you know the earth has given to us and not just sort of be like oh well, that's nice you know moving on and you know uh, extract whatever we need to extract and then move on to the next location 
Well, that's cool. That's uh, well, that's valid, and I think that's very valid uh, to have that kind of, uh, and and hopefully the audience does uh, take away from that. Um, the and the other thing too uh, with the audience, it's kind of nice to know that they have some kind of a reaction of you know from whatever the piece may be you know whether it's your piece or another piece it's um nice that the audience may um have some kind of a reaction as opposed to just going well that was you know <laughs> as opposed to being just you know blase about it or something yeah and i'd like to show something that's different um i think that it like texturally it looks very different to a lot of dance that's on film nowadays and i'm not saying that i'm you know some sort of like you know, the first one to ever shoot on film or whatever, because I'm not. There's a long legacy of dads from the 60s to the 80s of filming, you know, their kids at Disneyland on Super 8. I right. by no means like, you know, super fancy or something like that. But I just, you know, it's less of a overarching message and more just like, have a good time, watch this film. I hope you enjoy it. And that's sort of how I approach a lot of my art is like, I want to interact with objects and things that like, let me sort of like, cosplay in the shoes of some of a lifetime that I wouldn't be a part of otherwise. You know, like um, using older devices that I never, like that nowadays don't make a lot of sense if you really think about it, like it's more expensive, it make, takes more time, et cetera, right. et cetera. But it allows me to sort of, you know, pretend like I'm part of a world that I wouldn't be of, wouldn't be a part of otherwise. Right, right. And then um, I know this is probably hard to think about um, after all of us coming through this pandemic over the last year and a half. Um, we all had plans at the beginning of 2020 and then, oh, no, we don't. Um, but Plans don't exist anymore. I know they almost kind of don't. But what are you hoping for uh, for you either career wise or 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 whatever? Um, what are you hoping for for the future? If you can make plans, great, but um, what are you hoping to see for you at least in the next, say, six months to a year or so? I think during, not to, you know, harp on the pandemic thing, but I think it, it has forced a lot of us to sort of reevaluate priorities. And it definitely has for me of like, what's really important here? I think that when I first moved to LA, I was like, I have to get a job. It has to be 40 hours a week. It has to have health insurance. Has to do this, this, and this, and this, and this. You know, it has to be five minutes away from my house. Well, it's not possible to do all those things, really. When you're first, at least. Well, at, especially so. the five minutes from your house. <laughs> yeah, not gonna happen. That's not gonna not happen. happen. But what I did realize is like, I like making my own art and I can do that on my own time. And um, there is a way for me to focus on that without, you know, being beholden to a larger company or uh, organization or something like that. Of course, there's nothing wrong with working for those organizations. It's just for me right now in my life, it's less about, you know, trying to find the next nine to five. And I really like to be able to focus on making my own work and um, be able to put that out in the world and hopefully have people see it and enjoy it. And I'd like to do it on a larger scale at some point, um, especially in regards to film, which is at this point, sort of like a impenetrable wall of like, I don't know what's happening because it's like a very dense community um, but, you know, the people I've um, met from that community are, you know, always very kind and very nice and willing to share information. So it's just a matter of, you know, I'm not saying that I want to be the next, I don't know. Spielberg. <laughs> yeah, Spielberg, you know, Hitchcock, whoever. Right. Um, I'm just mostly here to have a good time and like make stuff, <laughs> and, you know, right, right. keep on keeping on. Well, exactly. And that's, that's the perfect way to say it, you know, keep on keeping on. 
That's great. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm my frog. My throat is getting all froggy. Um, again, I'm talking with Ryan Howard, and his uh, dance film Silkies will be shown during the Reemerge Dance Festival at Center Stage Theater. And you can find out more about it on centerstagetheater.org. And you can get tickets at centerstagetheater.org. You can call the box office, 805 963 0408. So, uh, Ryan, um, I hope you don't mind if I put you on the spot a little bit. I've been doing this with everybody and just asking Do random it. questions. Are you, are you, are you down? <laughs> uh, so down. All right. <clears throat> well, the first question I have for you, a uh, random question, is what is your favorite comfort food? Mm. Uh, first column is like anything from El Rancho in the Santa's Valley because that place is amazing uh, more oh, specifically I would say like brisket or something like that brisket? yeah yeah brisket's good yeah. especially yeah now how do you like it prepared? smoked it's the only way yeah low and slow yeah 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 exactly like yeah. 100 degrees for like 12 hours <laughs> yeah i've done a couple of briskets in my life and it is an endeavor it's uh and then you know you'll have people come over and be like oh this is really good i was just like but do you understand that this took me like half of a day to cook it's like this isn't no microwave stuff it's like yeah but very good yeah so maybe brisket brisket yeah that brisket you can't go wrong with brisket or tri-tip or any kind of you know meat in general <laughs> yeah I, yeah very partial tri-tip also um a while back us a place opened down here that was like santa maria style tri-tip and i was like what? i was like but this is santa not maria. santa maria We're well no, santa... <laughs> i didn't even, i was just surprised that it was like um you know someone was like i'm gonna go out of my way to open a santa maria style tri-tip store in los, los angeles in los and i was angeles. like why not just go to santa maria i was like are you from santa maria like, this feels weird i don't know I have to say, when um, I lived in LA for a number of years in the mid '90s, <laughs> long time ago, <laughs> and um, and back then I, I was so surprised. Um, I, I had visited my family in Carpinteria, and we had tri-tip, and then I had taken some home back to LA, and so I had had it for lunch one time where I was working, and my coworkers were like, "What kind of meat is that? What is that?" And I was telling them it was tri-tip and they're like, tri-tip? And they had never heard of tri-tip or Santa Maria tri-tip or anything like that. And that was in the mid to late nineties. <laughs> mm -hmm. I feel like in, this has just become a, a meat episode. Um, yeah. I feel like in other parts of the country, tri-tip is not a cut. I think it's called something else. I can't remember what it yeah. is. Like it's considered like a, a roast or it something is. like that. And, um, and I also, I have a friend of mine who uh, lives in Italy, actually. She's from California. And it took her a long time to figure out in, in Italian what to call the cut of meat there because it does have a different name. Mm -hmm. And I think, um, I might be lying, but I think that dry tip is also used for corned beef. But don't quote me on that. <laughs> I'm not sure. I think corned beef is comes from the same cut as brisket does. Yeah, maybe, and maybe right. it, it might be from the brisket. Yeah. Too. But yeah, I'm not that good at in knowing where. I just know, you know, T-bone and filet mignon and <laughs> poorhouse, all the good yeah, all the good stuff. Um, so another question for you, a random question is, um, what is your most treasured possession? And possession could be person, place, or thing. It could be human. It could be an object. What would you consider your most treasured possession? Mm, you're asking a guy who has lots of like random stuff in his house, so. I won't say a person because possession feels weird. That feels yeah. like a weird thing to say. 
That's true. Or, um, or you can rephrase it to, you know, your most treasured person or your most treasured. Yeah. You know. I, I am uh, very fond of my 1967 Corvair that I have, um, which is oh, nice. drive. Um, so that's probably up there on the list. And, and sorry, what year was it again? 67. Oh, wow. So that's the, uh, if you're both familiar with Corvair, is the second body style. Um, the first one was kind of more like bathtub shaped. And mm -hmm. the second gen is more like a, looks close to maybe like a mix between a Camaro Corvette yeah. combination. Yeah, no, those are those are great cards. Wow, that's that's awesome that you have one of those. <laughs> yeah, it's fun to drive. Yeah, I bet it is. That's awesome. And then um, I let's see, I'm flipping back and forth here between uh, everything here. Um, oh, and then my last question is, uh, who is your favorite fictional character? And fictional character can be literary or movies, television, um, any you know from any genre. Hmm. Um probably Aragorn from Lord of the Rings. Okay. Or Han Solo, but that seems a little more topical. That's just someone I like, not someone I like want to be necessarily. Um, probably Aragorn. From uh, from Lord of the Rings? Yeah. And then maybe close second would be Han Solo? <laughs> yeah, maybe close second. Yeah. I wouldn't blame you for wanting to like Han Solo. I, myself, I, I grew up with Star Wars literally from the beginning. <laughs> so yeah. yeah. Uh, and then I remember when I was growing up, everybody was into Han Solo or Luke Skywalker, and I was the only one who liked Obi Wan Kenobi. Yeah, because <laughs> I wanted to wear his robes. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, there's a show, Obi Wan show, coming out soon. Oh, on uh, Disney Plus. On Disney Plus. Yeah, and it's with uh, Sir Ewan McGregor. Oh, really? Oh, they. Yeah. Interesting. I'll have to check yeah. that out. I do have Disney Plus, so I'll have to look that up. And that, that would be very cool. Well, yeah. um, uh, Ryan, it's been a, a pleasure chatting with you and getting to know you better. And we do have to scoot on here. But before we do, um, any is there any 411 information you want to give out? Any uh, websites or social media information that you'd like to share with the viewers and listeners? Sure. You can find me on Instagram at Mr. R. Howard, uh, Mr. Underscore R. Howard. Uh, you can see a lot of my work there, um, and that's a good place to find me. You can also find me at the Psychopomp Dance Theater website. And if you look up Psychopomp Dance Theater, it's the only one. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Psychopomp uh, Dance Theater on their website. Yes. And then yours is, um, your social media is Mr. Underscore R. Howard. Yes. Awesome. Mr. Underscore R. Howard. And that's for both like Instagram, Facebook, and all, all the above. I'm, I'm just on the Instagrams, nowhere okay. else. On the, on the IG. Yes. <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, Ryan, it's been a pleasure uh, chatting with you. And but before we go, I just want to remind everybody, if you would like to see his piece, uh, Silkies, it will be on uh, tonight. Actually, today's Thursday. If you're watching this today, I don't know when you're watching it, but um, Thursday, June 17th at 7 p.m. and then also Saturday, June 19th at 7 p.m. Um, and for tickets to the Reemerge Dance Festival, you can log on to centerstagetheater.org or call the box office 805-963-0408. And if you want to know what I'm up to, if you're curious about my stuff, I'm Jim on the Air on social media, Jim on the Air. And then also the podcast, of course, is Jim on the Air. And it's available on Apple Podcast, Anchor.fm, Spotify, Google Podcast, just to name a few. And Ryan, again, thank you so much for joining us today and taking time out of your day. And um, hopefully we'll see you up there at the festival. 
Certainly. Thank you for having me. That's been my pleasure. And for everyone listening or viewing, thank you so much for doing so. And we will catch you next time. Bye-bye, everybody.